0: Hello, all you Reinventors, it's Leslie Jane Seymour, and I'm the founder of this podcast and of Cuppy Club. And I want to introduce you to our next guest, Kate Ekman. And she's so interesting because she's done so many things and she just keeps on going. And I find that really very interesting, I think too many times we give up, and we think we can only be one thing but in reality we have to keep changing we have to keep trying new things I mean of course some people don't but generally that's the whole idea is that we constantly evolve we constantly grow and when you stop up growing I think that's the scary part and so I bring you someone like Kate Ekman, who has been a TV reporter. She's been a model. I think it's hilarious that she said as a size six, she's considered a, uh, a um, full-size model, which to me is just pathetically hilarious about the fashion industry. Um, she is now an author of a book, and she also does personal and team coaching, and she's just got this wonderful spirit about all the different things that she can do and that you can do. You don't have to be one thing. And the really interesting thing is, is that you can change. And I love her thinking, one of the best quotes I think from our discussion is that nothing is wasted. Even if you go to school, like I did in one area, but you don't end up using it right away, or maybe never, you didn't, lose that time, you didn't lose that learning, there are other aspects of it that may play itself out in a different way. Her book is called The Full Spirit Workout. And you can find more about her at kateekman.tv. And that is where you'll find her. So here's Kate, and I think you're going to enjoy her energy. And she's going to give us a little taste of a kind of thing you should be doing, maybe for five minutes a day, to really center yourself and really absorb the things that you're learning each day. And it's not a meditation. So don't say, I don't meditate. It's not a meditation. So anyway, here is Kate. Hello, Kate, how are you?
1: I'm so wonderful. Thank you for having me. It's my joy to be here.
0: So I wanna talk about Working in your PJs to start with. I love the fact, first of all, you look stunning today. No one will see you, but you look absolutely stunning in her pajamas. And we're doing a recording. And she was telling me this is what she does when she's done so much work um, where she had to be on camera that now she gets to hang out in her pajamas. When did you come up with that? I think it's fabulous. I would like to follow.
1: Well, you know, I wanted to find some silver linings in in the COVID pandemic and and crisis, and so it was one of those things where, you know, most of the time I would look great from the waist up, but I'd have my pajama pants on or sweatpants on and my slippers, and so it was quite comfortable. And then I was like, oh, this is kind of a nice way to give a key, a keynote, you know. And then afterwards, you just you know, log off and have a glass of wine and go to bed. So it was funny, but I, I really wanted to find some positives and days like today where none of my meetings are on camera until later in the day, I just give myself that luxury and um, keep the comfort going. I just, I was, I was telling you that I had just a monster week last week of travel, three keynotes, three off sites all over the country. Wow. And so um, I, I like to really care for myself when I come back, have a gentle re-entry, which I recommend to everyone. Do not pack your schedules crazy when you come back from a trip. And so <laughs> today, I think having the courage and confidence to, um, it's audio, I could say hello to you. I mean, look, I have a little makeup on, my hair is brushed, but and I have very lovely Italian pajamas. But I You think do. We, can, we <laughs> need to all give ourselves the, the grace and the space to be a little bit more real
0: and human these days. Love it. I totally love it. And you I mean, it's a it's a great idea and a great, great way to start off your day. So let's talk a little bit about your personal reinvention. I always like to hear a little bit about, you know, where you grew up and what you think you were going to do and what you study to do. And then where did you end up? And um, then uh, we will go from there. So let's just let's just talk a little bit about where did you grow up and what did you originally start out thinking you were going to do with your life?
1: I grew up in Cincinnati, Ohio, and then went off to Penn State on a swimming scholarship. I swam competitively for 17 years, and I started out pre-med. I really wanted to be a doctor like the rest of my family, and I got the heebie-jeebies from blood and guts and all the things. And so um, after taking all of those insane courses like organic chemistry and whatnot, and I, I excelled in the sciences, but I just... I couldn't do it with with all the uh, gory things that go along with being a doctor. So I actually was in broadcast journalism, and you know I've, I've worn many hats in that field. Whether it's doing red carpet reporting in Hollywood or covering the courts in Chicago, doing politics in D.C., doing wildlife reporting in South Florida and Africa, I really have been all over the place. And I think that really is a testament to. We are multidimensional beings, especially as women. I know culture and society wants to put us in a box and and say you can only be one thing, but I think it's so important that we, you know, flex the the muscle of reinvention. And if we've outgrown something, great! It means you're growing and and really daring to switch gears. And and I certainly have done that many times, so I'm I'm never bored. Um, I sometimes can be all over the place. But I think it's just so important to constantly challenge ourselves and really do what lights us up. Even if it's scary, even if we have to stretch our comfort zones, even if we don't know what's coming next, but um, be willing to, to switch gears.
0: How long were you in broadcast journalism? So I was in broadcast
1: for about 10 years. I I was in Florida and the Florida market for several years, I moved to New York City for a TV job that fell through about a week after I got here. And oh. so I had I had to reinvent quickly. And I was doing my due diligence as a reporter doing my research. And I, you know, as a journalist was not making a, a ton of
0: money, sadly.
1: Right. <laughs> Our no, no,
0: yeah, um, no and one but, knows that we don't make a lot of money. And no, yeah, people yeah, don't realize that. Yeah. Um,
1: a career path that does make a lot of money because our culture values the physical appearance <laughs> more than intelligence a lot of times. So I I, I saw and, and realized I had the right physical um, requirements to work as a model. And I was in the, the plus size category because I'm larger than a size six. So if you are size six or up, you are considered plus size in the fashion industry, which is, is wild and crazy. That is
0: so ridiculous. I saw the Victoria's Secret wings behind you up on your wall was, did you do a Victoria's secret um, oh, show? Oh, that's so
1: funny. I, I didn't. And those are not Victoria's secret wings. Those are, those are my angel wings because I, I lost two loved ones to suicide. So they're I just like having my, oh.
0: my angels
1: close, close by. Um, I, I did work for Victoria's secret, not in the, the runway show, but, um, <laughs> that's a whole, a, whole, a whole other, other story.
0: story.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, so even the fact that I was working as a full-time model in my 30s is something I, I didn't strive to do. I did not set out for, but I, I fell into that career and I'm, I'm grateful for it. And mainly because it brought up all of my insecurities and it really helped me grow on another level. And it inspired me to start writing in a different way. And it really was just being super vulnerable and candid about experiences I was having with body image and um, self-worth and, and all of the things that come up in that industry, as you can imagine. And then were my you, writing,
0: yeah. Were you ahead. doing, were you doing media? Were you doing runway? What were you doing? So I was, I was
1: doing fashion. So I was working for, you know, Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue, Tommy Hilfiger, wow. Max Mara. So a lot of, a lot of the big names in and fashion. And while I was doing that, I was also a, a TV presenter at QVC, so representing a lot of global beauty brands as a spokesperson and traveling the world with that. So I, I had a, a, a great, um, successful, forward-facing career on camera, and and it was great. And, um, you know, like I mentioned, I lost two loved ones to suicide in a year, and it, it really changed the whole trajectory of my life. And I I realized that like most people, I was placing my worth in the externals, you know, what I looked like, how much money I'm making, how many people you're impressing, all of those things that we do consciously or subconsciously. And it really was an unsustainable way of living. And I, I realized I had a much greater purpose. And it was to have these conversations about mental health and, um, I I knew how hard I had to train my physical muscles to compete as an athlete. I was a swimmer for 17 years. And I thought there must be a way to train my attitudinal muscles and get really fit and strong on the inside. And so I went back to school and I studied neuroscience and positive psychology and whole person coaching techniques and and got several degrees and certifications and and came up with a whole new program and way of living for myself and, and for others. And then Became an author and, and a keynote speaker, and, and now I'm delivering these messages because I, I do think that we all need the tools for a better way of living.
0: Talk a little bit about what you do now and talk a little bit about what the full spirit workout is. And yeah. why was that your first? Was that a first book, or is that one of many?
1: So it's my first book, which I hope will be one of many. I do love writing books and it is a very demanding process, a very lonely, isolating process. But once you really get into the flow and and you have a strong why, which I did, um, I I just, I really do love it. And so I I do, I am an author. I do work as a keynote speaker and I, I talk a lot about confidence and team building and leadership development. And I also work as an executive leadership coach. So I work with business leaders, and professional athletes, athletic coaches, and a lot of female entrepreneurs. I'm really passionate about that space as a female entrepreneur. And and I really do think that it is my mission to get people out of their shell to embrace their power and confidence and, and build that inner confidence, not the performance confidence, but that inner confidence that can weather any storm.
0: A lot of women in their 40s plus and into their 50s, talk about having been very confident in their 20s and having lost it as they got older and some of them interestingly enough were athletes as young people do you have any answers as to why they might be i mean of course Uh, over time as you're being discriminated against for your looks or for your, you know, for your age or all those kinds of things they're going to wear on you, but not everybody feels that way. So do you have any insight for them about confidence and how it changes over time? Yeah,
1: I I feel a a lot more confident now than I did in my twenties. And I, I think it's because I know myself so much better and I also know that I am so much more than what I look like, and how much money I make, and what I'm wearing, and what car I'm driving, and all of those things. I think when we lose our confidence, we've simply fallen asleep to the truth of who we are. We forgot, forgotten how powerful we are. We've forgotten that we can achieve any goal that we deem worthy. I think when we've lost our confidence, we have plugged into and subscribed to societal standards we may not even believe in. We've, you know, taken the the hype from from the culture and from advertisers who are constantly bombarding us with messages and images saying that we aren't good enough, especially as women, we can never quite add up to enough. So I think to really get that inner confidence that can't be broken, that can't be, be shaken, it really is an inside job. I mean, confidence stems from the words to trust, to do something with trust. So it is beefing up that trust muscle and I put together my five P's of confidence to really help people. And that's presence, patience, purpose, preparation, and practice. And and two bonus P's have emerged more recently, and and that is pause and person, as in be a person. And if we have time, I can go through them with more depth. But these really are, are tools that have come from a lot of research, both from articles and libraries, but also my own personal research because I really wanted to give people the tools because when we are lacking in confidence, we're we're kind of lacking everywhere and and we deserve to feel confident. But the good news is um, it, it really can only come from within, but that's great because we don't need the Harvard degree. We don't need to be a supermodel. We don't need to be a billionaire. All of those things are great, but it really does come from within and there's practices and exercises to get us there.
0: Do you want to talk a little bit about that? What those what those um, practices might be? And did, did you see any connections since you were an athlete um, between, or can you speculate on why people who are athletes might have more of a hard time with confidence as they get older? Do you think it's to do with the body changing? I, I just, that's, that's just what I've observed, but I don't, no one seems to know why.
1: I think as athletes, absolutely. I mean, we're extremely fit. We're used to looking a certain way. I think also it's so much a part of our identity. And especially if you competed at a high level, and when that goes away, you can question who you are. And I think that's a a great place to be actually, because then you get to discover who you are underneath the labels. And then also the limitations that can come with that and, and I, I speak very openly about that as the person who on the outside appeared to have it all, but was in turmoil on the inside, filled with anxiety and self-doubt and insecurity and having to take the time, which I invite everyone to do starting now, to take the quiet time sitting alone by yourself, which sounds uncomfortable and scary. Great. Um, that means you're going to grow and expand, but really thinking and, and figuring out who you are underneath all of that. And, and unfortunately I had to have these massive wake up calls and then losing these loved ones to really um, spend some time in that place. Because when we are placing our worth in the externals, we can truly never have enough or be enough. And so something that you can do starting in this moment is to do the practice that I call my sit and stare. And when I do (laughs) this with, with, with organizations, it's, it's one of the most powerful moments of the day, because I think oh, these people aren't going to want to do this. Oh, who's going to want to sit here and and be quiet and still and sit and stare. And people soak this up and the room is silent. And it's to the point, I feel bad, like continuing on the rest of my presentation and having to talk because, and what it shows me, Leslie, is that people are are so um, hungry and, and almost desperate for this Spending this quiet time alone to sit with themselves and process and reflect.
0: So, talk about what that is. What is the exercise that you do, and what can our listeners start with?
1: Right. So, it, it, it's exactly what it says you sit and stare. So, you need to do this quietly in a room alone, turning off all the distractions, um, having somebody watch your kids for a moment, whatever it is, maybe they can have quiet time as well. I think this is a great practice to do with your your kids uh, separately and individually, but you're going to sit quietly, stare out the window, stare straight ahead. And I want you to check in with yourself as if you were a small child and ask, how are you doing? What do you need right now? What can I do for you? How can I support you? And then sit and get really practice at listening to the answer, not the ego that's constantly telling us you're not good enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. Why even bother? But but that divine wisdom, that higher intelligence, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's God, spirit, universe, nature, inner wisdom, and invite that wisdom to come down. Right now I have my hands around my head and bring it from your head down into your heart and breathe into that heart space and really listen to the answer. Um, you know, there, there's a spiritual truth that says we achieve so little because we have undisciplined minds. This is such a great practice to discipline your mind and get practice at listening to this truth and this inner wisdom. And then you'll get the insight. You won't have to try so hard. You'll get the wisdom that says, Oh, you should write an article about this. And, 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 I, and I promise the words will get downloaded. It will flow. hey, okay, You should reach out to Leslie and talk about a collaboration hey, you should email this person and let them know you're available to teach on this subject matter. You will get the guidance, I promise you. We just need to get more practice at listening.
0: And how long are you supposed to sit there for? Is this like a five minute thing or is it a 10 minute, 20 minute meditation or is it different than meditation? Because I know some people meditate and some people don't.
1: I think this is a good complementary practice to meditation. With sit mm-hmm. and stare, I do keep my eyes open. Okay. And it, it, it is that in meditation, of course, you're also hopefully listening, but this is really a more intentional, deliberate, conscious practice of inviting in that inner wisdom and also just processing. I mean, we have had so much to process this past year and a half and it's it's ongoing. And so it's giving yourself that timeout. I would start with a minimum five minutes a day. I do sit and stare at least an hour a day, sometimes all at once. I love to do it in between meetings or zoom sessions. I love to do it. Even if it's like, gosh, that interview, how did that go? And even just process in between stuff, you know, and even start to become your own coach, like what worked, what didn't, Um, How did that feel? And why? How do you feel? And why? And then you just develop a a more positive relationship, empowering relationship with yourself. And, And as you might guess, that is going to boost your confidence, not because you lost 10 pounds or gained 10 pounds or got the job or got the guy or got the gal, but because you're developing that inner strength and resilience.
0: Now, talking about reinvention, you you sound like you knew all along the different moves you were going to make and how to get there and all that. Let's talk a little bit about the struggle, because I know nobody gets to where they're going by just, they pick up a phone call and someone hires them. <laughs> so how did you make the segue out of what you were doing first into broadcast? And then you say that you had a trauma in your life that turned you toward getting your coaching degree. Talk about those transitions and how you saw the transitions and then how you went about making them happen because transitions are difficult and yet we all need to go through them. Absolutely,
1: I think a lot of times I mean, there was times I, I lost the job, you know, there was layoffs, or in one case, I I was fired, the whole, the whole bunch of us were all let go and a whole new team was brought in. So a lot of times I was just forced out or it, it was you, you think you have the job on Wednesday and Thursday, you no longer are employed. And uh, sadly, a lot of people is, have been there. But yeah, yep. we've I, all been I, there. <laughs> we've all been there. And I think I think we need to start talking about it more yes, openly. And without the. Right. Without the shame or the judgment. And it's just like, it's part of it. And as I like to say, if if you get fired, if you lose your job, say thank you, because it's such a clear indication that you no longer belong there. And maybe you didn't have the strength or courage to leave for whatever reason. And so you know, I, I do feel like a cat with, with nine lives, but also a cat in that I always land on my feet. And I think anyone who's listening right now, we, we've got a bunch of cats who, who land on their feet and maybe someone's like, no, I'm the, I don't know what, what animal doesn't <laughs> land on his feet, but <laughs> right. I think we, um, I think it's just important to know that we do have support and resources available and it is an opportunity to switch gears and regroup. But for me, it was just, um, gosh, it's hard to even think back. It was just a natural evolution. I think when I was feeling stuck or this really isn't serving me, I I don't feel like I'm, I'm, um, using my gifts or strengths here. I would just start researching. I've always just been a researcher or I've reached out to contacts in my network and, and wasn't afraid to ask for guidance or support or help. And that's why I'm so happy to help people who reach out to me because we've all been there. And, um, gosh, it's hard to even fully answer this question. I think so much of it is just either you're in a pinch and you got to figure something right. out right. or, um, you know, with, with the other transition and it's easy to sit here where I am now and just like, oh yeah, it was this seamless smooth right. transition. Right? No, there was <laughs> you know, some of those, those downtimes or some of those, what the hell is going on? Or, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm kind of out of money. Something's got to give here um as i like to say that the holy spirit always knows how much your rent is so the money always <laughs> does come even at the 11th hour right uh uh-huh. um, but i think anyone who is in that place just you know asking for the, the the insight during sit and stare but but please reach out to people and i'm happy to please reach out to me or to leslie or um i, I think just realizing you're you're not alone and that you do have the the gifts and strengths to To step into a new position of power.
0: What made you decide to go back to school? Because that is another transition. People are afraid to spend the money. They're afraid that they're silly going back to school when they're out of their 20s. How did you look at that and what made you decide to do that?
1: I think education is one of the few things left in the world that no one can ever take from us. And I never do anything halfway. So if I'm really even even getting into journalism. I mean, I gave up my cush, red carpet, Hollywood interviewing celebrities every night career. And I, I went back to school. I went to Northwestern and, and got my master's degree in journalism because, like I said, I didn't want to do anything halfway. And I really wanted the skill set to carry me. And I, I thought it was worth the investment. And, and fortunately, I sold my home in LA at the height of the US real estate market. And so had some cash to put into to invest in my education. And then I went and got another master's degree and at 41, um, and where I'm, you know, I'm taking exams and you think, oh my gosh, I'm in my forties taking exams, not to sound like the biggest nerd ever. I absolutely loved it. I met so many incredible people. I have wonderful friends and business contacts for life from these programs and, it just lit me up. I mean, again, one of my greatest values is love of learning. So I will go back to school forever because you just have more, more value to add just even to your personal self or to personal conversations and and quite certainly to your professional career. So whether you take an online course or get a free certification from Coursera, a great website, or go back to an institution, I, I promise you, it is it is worth its weight in gold with the time, energy, and and money spent, and you just become a, a deeper, richer person with with even more to offer.
0: I agree with you on all of that, and I went back to get my degree in my sixties. So, <gasps> yeah, yeah. I love so it. I can't it's, believe you're
1: sixty. First
0: of yeah, all, yeah, yeah. So it's totally worth it. But it's I know it's a hard, you know, it's hard for people to see. It's not always. It's not always the obvious stuff that you get out of going back to school as an adult. It's the other things. What I realized, I, I got my master's in sustainability. I have not yet employed that in any way that because covey came up at the same time and I ended up two timing both. And now I'm doing covey. I'm not, I'm still looking to, you know, to do something volunteer in the sustainability area. But really, honestly, it was being with the 20-year-olds who knew all the tech and learning more about the tech world from being in school than I did being a media mogul. I mean, the media people were way behind. So I couldn't have done Covey without that. That was the big revelation. So you never know, I think, you never know what you're going to get.
1: I love that. And thank you for sharing that. I know I forget that how many things that... (laughs) You've done too. Um, so they, I love that. Now I want to interview you. But as you were, <laughs> as you were speaking, the words that came to me were, um, nothing is wasted. And and even right. when
0: nothing's I, wasted, yes, I
1: wasn't using my broadcast journalism degree, but I, I'm all once a journalist, always a journalist. Yes. I, I think of just So many things I've done, even, you know, you think of modeling and I don't even share with many business contacts that I was a model. I feel like there's a lot of judgment in that space too. My friend uh, who has really helped me own that because it is a really challenging industry to create success. And, and I was able to do that for an extended period of time and to really own and embrace that. But also it's amazing, Leslie, how many compliments I get from people when I come off stage or give a presentation, they say, oh my gosh, your posture, you just stand so confidently. And, and I, I smile because I'm like, nothing is wasted that modeling career where I was standing (laughs) 10 (laughs) hours a day and five inch heels. Uh heels I mean, I do stand it like, and so many business leaders point out my posture. And they say, the way you carry yourself, you're like a movie star. And I just
0: think, wow, I'm teaching confidence
1: because of research, but really people are like, you just look confident because of the way you stand. So I say, thank you modeling career.
0: (laughs) Well, and that can be part of what you teach other people as well.
1: Absolutely. See, so we, I think sometimes as women, especially we downplay certain parts of ourselves for whatever reason. And a lot of it is that fear of judgment, or we want to be perceived a certain way. But I think it takes an extra step of confidence to really embody or look, there's people I had a woman I worked with, she shared with me, she's like, I used to be a sex worker. And I could tell that, she shared with me because she knew I wouldn't judge her. And I looked at her yes. and I said, wow, that makes me respect you even more that you came from that place. And now you're a yes. business leader. And so yes. let's, yes. let's not be, sh- I mean, so many people come from broken homes. I've heard so many. Oh yes. Just sad stories about what people have been through, but you share it from a place of, and, and look at me now. And um, it helped us. It helped shaped us into the leaders that we are today.
0: Totally. And um, of course, having been in the fashion industry my whole career, I totally laugh, laugh pathetically at the fact that they would consider a size, you know, six as plus size. I mean, that is—it is the malignancy of that industry, and um, we have to get over it. So, before we close here, Kate, um, for people who want to do what you did. What do they need to do? What are some tips and tricks you would tell a friend like me about the insights that you learned, you know, the mistakes that you made or the positive decisions that you made that got you to where you are? Do you have one, two or three?
1: Yeah, I think we have to be, I think willing is one of my favorite words. We have to be willing to not be great at something at first or even ever. And that's me in dance class. And I go to dance class. I absolutely suck at dance, but it boosts my confidence because it crushes the imposter syndrome. Um, it it's that complete rebellion against perfectionism, which I know a lot of us struggle with, or this obsession with performance and having to be the best. I think even taking up a hobby that you aren't good at and and doing it for the love and the fun of it. Yes. Um, So be, be willing to put yourself out there, be willing to not be great at first or even ever. I think um, really finding a good mentor or group of women who see you and hear you and acknowledge you. I think it is an epidemic in our culture where people who love us or claim to love us don't really see us. It's yes. that like gloss over like, hey, how you doing? You good? Oh yeah, good to see you people are, are, are very dismissing of us often so even if it's that one person who sees you finding a great coach mentor therapist accountability partner is so 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 important and I think to spending the time whether it's going back to school taking a course, um, doing stuff with, with with you listening to a podcast, and just spending that time in your your personal and professional development very intentionally and setting aside that time is so 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 important.
0: Great. Anything else that you would like to take tell our listeners how can they how can they reach you? If you can they want to find, find you? Yeah, it's Kate Ekman, k a t e e c k
1: m a TV or the Com. And I, I want to just remind people, I have a necklace that that says this, and I find myself saying this to people and re- gently reminding them all the time. You are powerful. You can do whatever you decide is important enough, and you can really, really and truly achieve whatever you deem worthy. And, and the time is now, as I like to say, it's not midnight, but it's like 1147. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: yes, it is. Yes, it is. Uh-huh. Very good. I like that. Okay, yep. totally, and you don't have the time to waste. Amen. Great, Kate, thank you so, so much. I so appreciate your time. And um, I hope we'll come back and talk again in the future.
1: Leslie, thank you so much, you're wonderful.
0: I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Kate. And I think it's just wonderful how so many different women, I'm constantly amazed. They meet hardship, they meet, they get fired. They move up to a city for a job and the job disappears. I mean. It happens to all of us and nobody realizes that it happens to everybody. They think it happens just to them. When it's happening to you, you think it's just you, of course, but it's not true. It happens to so many of us. And I think Kate is right that we have to start talking about these issues more. We hide the things that are not so nice, um, which makes it harder for other people following us. But I hope you enjoy that. I hope if you are looking to reinvent, you will plow through the 150 other conversations we have. And you will look and see and pick and find the kind of people who speak to you. And remember, it's not just about your career, it could be your personal life, your love life, your body, your hair, your beauty routine, whatever it is you want to reinvent, we're here for you. And if you meander over to coveyclub.com, you will find much more about reinvention. Of course, there's other things there as well. But if you put in reinvention into the little spyglass on the site. You will find all our articles about reinvention. You will find uh, videos video about reinvention. We are serious about this topic. We know how to get you there. And if you join us, we can hold a space for you while you reinvent. And that's kind of the magic of Cubby Club is we can't tell you what you should do next or what you should be next. You're the only one who knows that but we can hold a space for you while you figure that out. And it's very hard to just reinvent, staying in that straight line and with all the people you already know. Sometimes you have to break out, meet a new group of people who will accept you as you want to be seen in the future and not as you were in the past. And that's what Cubby Club is all about. So I hope you'll join us, come over to CubbyClub.com, and I hope you'll leave us a little, a little few stars or a review or a question. Um, if you like this podcast, so see you next time.